You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a bilingual American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. A Gareth Reynolds who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. How are you? Good, man. We've, we've talked before this. So let's not do the fake recording catch-up thing. Cause we've so talked you're good? 10 minutes prior to the, Yeah, I'm good. Yep, yep. You know all the stuff, so... So, things yeah, are good and everything's good in your uh, neighborhood yeah, and stuff. Things, yep, sure. What a crazy question, but yep, for sure. So let's just, work. Uh, work's good. Work is this just not? We've we've talked. I don't really. We're in the show, so let's just do the show. And let, how's how's uh, how's the family? I haven't heard Pam's voice in a long, long time. Let's. T- you literally just heard it before we started. So that's a lie. So I guess you're like playing a character now on the show, which is kind of worrying and troublesome. But let's just move on, start the show, and we're good to go. How's Jose? He's good, but let's, we've done this. It's nice to catch up. You know, a lot of podcasts not, just dive right doing, in. Yeah, and, and I think people appreciate that a lot. I think yeah. actually I've read comments that talk about how this, this part doesn't need to be like this. People love it. That's what you mean. Let's let's Let, play the intro. I have an idea. I'm going to ask you all the same questions twice again. No, right what is no? Absolutely not. How are you? No, no. <laughs> play the god. And called it quote his jam pad. Jam pad. I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy. On a five part coefficient. <laughs> My room's a Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. The no. Pleistocene epoch. Epoch. Opoch. Wait, Dave. Let me rephrase that. I'm not ready. What did you do? <laughs> the Pleistocene! The Pleistocene? Pleistocene, buddy. Okay. 2.6 million to 11,700 years ago. That's the... <laughs> so we are in... What we're talking about... Neanderthals! Oh. Okay. Began using toothpicks to clean their teeth. Oh, dearie me. Where are we headed? They use twigs, they use stiff grass stalks and slate or bone fragments to remove food that was caught between their teeth. Isn't it, isn't it just weird to know that we share the same like general little issues that early man did? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. We're oh, like, 100%. I hate having gunk in my teeth. Like They were also like, the gunk in my teeth. Gunk, gunk. That's why I hate popcorn. <laughs> no more popcorn. <laughs> okay. Uh, the toothpick was a tool that continued to be used by people after that forever. It's never gone away. We've always used toothpicks since the Neanderthals. Sure. In 3500 BC, a king in the Mesopotamian city of Ur was buried with a set of gold toiletries. <laughs> That's the same as Bezos. That's right. <laughs> a pair of tweezers, an ear spoon. Ah, that is enough for me on this one. 
That is, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ugh. They used to scoop their ears, oh, much the, like the I way. Mean, the th- fact that you need a spoon just says that it was. It's like Baskin Robbins time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, caramel ice cream's ruined. Yeah, yeah, that's it for that. Um, and then he also had a gold toothpick. Yeah, of course. Well, you don't know what's going to happen after you die. You might be entertaining. That's right. Oh, no. Company? Uh, <laughs> uh, let me look. Uh, uh, oh, that's lefty clean. Uh, uh, oh, righty. Oh. oh. Um, ancient Greeks were sometimes called toothpick chewers. Sure. Okay. Because they were known for uh, using small wooden sticks to get food from between their teeth. So I guess they were just, everybody had them. Like, it was just something that they always had. Yeah. Out of their mouth. Well, I believe uh, it was uh, Phyllingsus who That's cast right. down from Mount Olympus the first pick of tooth. Yes, first pick of tooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, After te- he defeated Flossius. Uh, Flossius comes later. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, toothpicks eventually became fancy status symbols for rich people. Of course they did, right? So, yeah. So not that not the wooden ones, but like the really fancy golden. Those kind of golden the people were like, thick. you had a you had one. Uh, uh, yes, look over here. Uh, not wood, uh, gold. Uh, mm. I mean, some of these guys had their slaves pick their teeth for them with the toothpick. Oh, man. I mean, there's obviously just an endless amount of bullshit you have to put up with, but that would be very difficult. Oh, God. And that's early dentistry. And also, like, what if you hit the gums too hard and then you're, what, dead? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's high-stakes dentistry. Yeah. Um, so the, they made them from ivory and silver and, and they had fancy designs like a mermaid on the end or a, a bird. Like, it's just ridiculous. They all kinds sure, of shapes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Want to have a mermaid at the end of your gold toothpick. Relatable. Uh, <laughs> at dinner parties, it was very normal to pick your teeth between courses. Just oh, whip it out at the table and start picking away. There's paintings of people just digging in there. Ugh. Well, excuse me, though. I do want to tell you that, <laughs> oh, gosh, the beef... Is very tender, shredded. Any ah, get deep now, Carolyn. I understand that you are back on the market and available. Yes, I am. Oh, I'm sorry. I said I am, and out came a little bit of ham. Uh, Please, please, there you ham. (laughs) Don't mind me. (laughs) Just got a bit of the gravy gum over here. Sorry about that. I don't mean to splash everyone with my brown pools, (laughs) but you see, uh, Carolyn, I would love to. Son of a bitch! Gosh, really? In the back there? Oh, oh there's, there's something on the end of your mermaid. Yes, that's right. It's a big piece of shredded beef from the back of my jaw. <laughs> God, I want to ravage you. <laughs> in the book Natural History, Pliny uh, Pliny wrote, "Quote: It is beneficial also to pick the sick tooth with the longest tooth of the left side of a dog." Or I'm, uh, I think the dog is dead. I can't imagine that you're holding up a dog to your face. Although it, he surely he's just saying take the dog's tooth. He's yes. not saying use the dog. No, I, he's saying take the dog's tooth. Right, but he's saying take a dog's tooth to clean your teeth. Yeah, that's right. Sure, that's oh. there we go. 
or use the frontal bones of a lizard taken from the head of the animal at full moon, which have not touched the earth. Oh, well, that's easy. I mean, you're just talking <laughs> about a few months to get the right toothpick, just of observation. Just a constant observation of the lizard's existence. Just out lizard hunting on a full moon so you can get that uh, piece of uh, uh, popcorn out of your teeth. A son of a bitch. He took a step. Then he's not the one for us. His head is half touched as the earth is. Then he is no longer good enough to clean our teeth. We don't want a wizard's curse. The prophet Muhammad asked that his, quote, Funeral preparations include placing a toothpick in his mouth. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, that is not the way that we have ever pictured. We ever have ever pictured him. Just no, kicking well, it. I've, yeah, I mean, you got to be very careful how you picture him. But yeah, of course, a toothpick. I mean, you know, that maybe is a loophole that maybe it's not to be mocked. Maybe it's just something we're not taking advantage of enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why not have a death rider? Why not That's have right. like your things that you want in your in your casket before you go? You know, and I I have weird. the only thing I want is uh, at my funeral, my mouth is to be open and filled with Reese's pieces, and then anybody can have one. Oh, gosh. it's an open well, open casket. Well, open mouth, open casket. <laughs> Dave did this right. Uh, mine is I just demand on being uh, fully erect when buried. That's correct. Well, that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, probably. Uh, in medieval time, in Europe, it was uh, normal to always have a toothpick hanging from your mouth. So at this point, it's just common, and everyone's got one, and you're just picking away. So all how the time. did you identify the creepy guy? Oh, you can't. It, you can't. Oh, his pants are off. That, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It, that's the same in every. Right. Okay. Uh, the well, very well-off had gold or silver toothpicks hanging from necklaces, so they didn't have to keep it in their mouth, right? It's just gross. Uh, the Renaissance was known as the Golden Age of Toothpicks. Okay. <laughs> so dumb. Do you want to be from that era? No. This is when we really nailed it. <laughs> like... Uh. Okay. According to some historians, people would use toothpicks at dinners, quote, and the food particles which they dislodged were spit out with gusto. At that time, such behavior was viewed as a compliment to the host. Oh, my God. Jerry, how did you? You must give us the rest. Oh, my God. He must give us the recipe. I mean, this is I'm not kidding. Yeah. Get oh my the God! Fuck out of there! Get the fuck out of there, you little shit! You are oh, so kind. The, please, Jerry. I'm not kidding. Look at all this stuff. It's all it's over like you. I'm hanging stuff from the walls of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I'm delighted. Look at it. it that, oh gosh, it's all over. Look at the mess I've made around myself from food uh, that I've dislodged from my mouth. Uh, I love it. May oh, I eat some? God. Yes, please, Jerry. Eat all of the bounty that's come out of my mouth. There you are. Get in Ugh. there. Yes, Ugh. eat my scraps, and for Ugh. I shall eat more, and then more shall come out of me. And Jerry, it could be an endless love affair. That guy lost his mind. <laughs> in the 16th century... I wish century, we could do sound effects, because that would end with a window-breaking sound effect. <laughs> in the 16th century, Spaniards were known for their love of toothpicks. Sure. One account, quote... 
This decoration is said to be very becoming to the young ladies. They seldom put it away in the daytime. It serves to protect their virtue if someone approaches them to steal a kiss. In Sevilla, the dancers during the public performances have a toothpick in their mouth as an indispensable part of their costume. What? Wait, go back. What did you just say before? You would have a toothpick in and it was some sort of defense? Yes. It serves to protect their virtue if someone approaches them to steal a kiss. So if someone... Oh, oh, so if you're a woman, you have a toothpick in your mouth. (laughs) Really just, again, says a lot about the men. uh, But uh, you you basically had a device that would stop the man's mouth from from touching your mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, right. Because again, you know that's how kissing works. That's right. Yeah, you just yeah, you, when you want one, take it. You need you need the same sort of defensive uh, tools that they would have uh, when trying to stop someone from uh, invading a castle. Right, like yes, a long exactly. pole, or, or used on the battlefield. You've seen them in Braveheart. Now put them in your mouth. Well, that's why I would say women should just build moats around their heads. That's correct. One of the last things Charles I did right before he was executed in 1649 was to give away his gold toothpick while on the scaffold. So, uh, no, no, gross, no. Oh, I forgot to match one last item to give away. Oh, God. It's my penguin shaped toothpick. Oh my God, it's disgusting. I've used it so many times. It's awful. Do not throw that at us, you son of a bitch. There you go. Oh, good. Don't touch it. Kill it. Hello, governor. I knew that guy was here. When George Washington's teeth became a problem, which we've done a whole episode about, Uh his dentist told him to use a quill toothpicker. Can you imagine seeing that mouth full of horse teeth and deceased human teeth and thinking, you know what, this needs to fix it all, a toothpick. That's right. When George Washington wrote his Rules for Civility, his, uh, his 100th, was that you shouldn't use a knife or fork to remove stuck food. Quote, let it be done with a, with a pick tooth. Yeah. Okay, George, we're all on board for the first half. Don't use a knife and fork. Don't cut your teeth open to remove the food. Use this dislodger. <laughs> I, I, when, I was, when I was researching this, I discovered that when English people came over at the beginning of uh, America and they saw Americans using forks, they were, like, horrified. <laughs> yeah, right. I had no idea. <laughs> well, what, I mean, what were they using? They would use their hands. I think the belief was that the the fork would have would would uh, other people would use it. It was gross, or or just using it over and over again was gross. I don't know. I couldn't I, really figure the it idea out. of sharing a utensil for eating is disgusting. Here's the thing: I've been putting betwixt my teeth. <laughs> I think uh, I I could have gone down that wormhole, but I felt like that would have just taken me to a really bad place. Well, Dave, I think, you know, you decided to avoid the history of forks, and that's okay. Yeah. Someone had to. Yeah. Toothpicks have been made out of many things. Metals, copper, gold, silver, bronze, different kinds of wood, spines of cacti, animal claws and bones, bird, bird bills, fish bones, rat thigh bones, oh, 
tusks, tortoise shells. Fred Flintstone? (laughs) And hedgehogs were called a walking bunch of toothpicks. Oh, that's good. What a great... And isn't that great when your species is defined as it's just utensil use? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look! Perfect! Hey, there Uh, goes a bull! That's a turtle. It's a bull! Oh, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so it's quite a list. So they were really... I mean, Bones, big player. Uh, animal, no, animal's big player as far as yeah. things you want to pick Always. out of your teeth. Right. Yeah. And it must be some sort of nice kick to, you know, get a little bit of chicken breast in between your teeth with the beak of the bird. Sort of a nice mm-hmm. kick there, you know. It's just nice to look at an animal and be like, how can I turn that gopher into something I can use? Hmm. You are mine now. Uh, what to so- use you for? Quills became the most common type of toothpick in the 18th and into the 19th century. Oh, that's sad. Uh, yeah, but, you know, that was bird holocaust time, right? So Sure, right. Use every part of it, I guess. People cut their old quill pens into toothpicks. Okay. In 1827, a newspaper reported Congress had bought 20,000 quills and pens, quote, two-thirds of which must have been used for toothpicks. So that, as a newspaper attacking them, and so this is the, they considered this corruption that congressmen were taking the people's money and buying toothpicks. Wouldn't it be, just bear with me, Dave, wouldn't it be nice to go back to that level of corruption? <laughs> <laughs> just be like, how dare you? You're wasting our toothpick budget. Yeah. Instead uh, of now when we're like, it's a race to see who can get the richest. <laughs> They're winning. Uh, now, by the middle of the 1800s, the demand for quills were mass produced. Okay. Wooden toothpicks were also becoming common because anyone could make them, right? I mean, that was the thing. You could just grab a twig and sharpen it up and use it. Sure. Everyone in Brazil used toothpicks because Port- Por- the Portuguese were huge on toothpicks okay. and, and, and probably had the first manufacturing system. Some, uh, some religious uh, nuns, I think, created like a little toothpick business. Sure. So Portugal is big on it, too. Um, <clears throat> that, so Brazil is where Charles Forster traveled in the middle of the 1800s. Charles was born in 1826 in Charlestown, Massachusetts, to an aristocratic New England family. Man, imagine being born into a rich family and a town named after you. You'd be like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) I'm the Uh, king! (laughs) His great-grandfather had fought in the Revolution and gone to Harvard with John Hancock. Uh, His grandfather owned a big furniture business. So rich family, well-off family. Um, But his father gave tons of money to the poor. Quote, a peddler or tramp who called at his door at noon was often invited to dinner. He gave away money in great quantities to the poor. He was so charitable that he came near leaving his own family in poverty when he died. Oh, wow. So that's a guy we like. So and and what year did that uh, species go extinct? Uh, the species of human that does that? Um, yes. I would say he was the one. Okay. We had one. So Charles grew up uh, living both large and poor, right? And he, had, he got both sides of it. Because of the furniture business, he knew woodworking. 
Charles' uncle Henry was a Boston merchant who who founded a company in uh, I should have looked this up Pernam, Pernambuco, Pernambuco, sure. Brazil. Mm-hmm. So sometime in the mid eighteen hundreds, Charles went to Brazil, and okay. when he got there, he was like, check out these fucking awesome choppers on these Brazilians. He was he had tooth envy. Everybody had awesome teeth. Right. Uh, which okay. he said was due to the, quote, whittled slivers of wood that were sold by boys in the streets. Hmm. So there's little kids running around selling toothpicks. Sure. And then there were the larger handmade toothpick that were made in Brazil, five inches long, and sold 20 to a box for 15 cents. Wow. A big pick. What do you think? Yeah. Like, that's... That's huge. Like excavate, excavate. Well, you really got to get in there. Teeth sure. were bigger. Teeth were bigger back then. They I about, use it as a walking. Wait, is that true? <laughs> an inch long. No. No, not true at all. Oh, I was like, what? Like that would make more sense if everyone had like Bugs Bunny mouth. <laughs> uh, and the U.S. wooden toothpicks were, uh, were in the U.S. wooden toothpicks were something you made yourself from whatever wood was around when you needed one. So Amer- Americans are just like, well, there. I need to pick my teeth, and here's a twig, and I'll just sharpen it now and use it. It was like yeah. immediate. You just did it at the moment if you needed it. Sure. Some people would make a bunch. I, I, a- I think people still do do that, by the way. I think people oh, yeah. still at times will just be like, eh, just take this little piece of wood here. <laughs> I mean, I've used all kinds of stuff. Like, you pick yeah. something up, you're like, oh, I got something in there. Let me see if I can get it out with this piece yeah, of cardboard. You become very, yeah, you become very MacGyvery. Um. Some 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 Americans would make a bunch ahead of time and just keep them on hand, so they just have a pile of toothpicks whenever sure. they wanted. Yeah, them. right. You have a tooth. You right. have a toothpick day where you made toothpicks. Well, but I'm gonna make a bunch of tooth apparatus. Uh, Americans were also known for whittling, right. so it was like it, it went hand in hand with Americans. We were a thought of people are always we a whittle people whittling away. Right. Always with a knife handy. So the idea of importing wooden toothpicks seems pretty bizarre. Right. Because we'll just whittle. We'll whittle our way out of this. Uh, And then when a load of toothpicks arrived in 1949 in Boston, a a local newspaper wrote, quote, novel importation of vessel lately arrived at this port from Rio uh, Janeiro, having as part of her cargo 55,000 wooden toothpicks. Are Yankees done whittling? Are Yankees done? Oh, man. The columns are Yankees done whittling. Have we finished with our whittles? Are we done whittling? Can we finally turn the page? Who would bring toothpicks if you could just pick up a thing and sharpen it? Mm. It makes no sense. Just take my friend's nail here. Oh, that's nice. So that load didn't really sell much. We don't know for her. So so to answer the question, we were not done whittling. We were not. Whittle secret. So we still, yeah, we still wanted to whittle. That's right. So we don't know for sure who sent that load, but it was probably Charles. Okay. He did. We know he bought 75 cases of toothpicks for 50 bucks a case and brought them back to Boston. Quote, it was only with extreme difficulty that he could sell them. And even then at a sacrifice. So he, he, he he lost money. (laughs) On his, but his, this guy, 
walked into Brazil, mm-hmm. the teeth were so good that he was like, yeah. what's your secret? They weren't doing that much differently, right? No, I don't, they weren't doing it differently, but it was everybody was doing it. It was so a I think lifestyle. I think that's the difference. I think that I think that in America, you would pick up a twig and pick the thing out of your teeth and then kind of move on. But in <laughs> Dave, Brazil, listen to how amazing that answer is. I think. <laughs> I mean, what are we even talking about? I mean, yeah, I think you in America, you would pick up a twig and get the food out of your mouth <laughs> and move on. But in uh, in Brazil, it was like it had become part of the culture. Like everybody sure. just, and then he noticed on top of that, he's like, "Oh my god, all these people's teeth look really good." Right. And, okay. And st- and studies have shown that using a toothpick is really good for your teeth. Yeah, but why? But it's just strange to like. I get like if I if you're him, if I'm him, I'm going. Oh yeah, it's great. Look, there's these great teeth. I'm gonna get a bunch of these for myself. I'm not gonna go like, hey, I need um, this to be in every household. This technology is too good. Well, that's why you don't have the capitalist mind. That's right. Exactly. So he's still determined, even though he does that and it doesn't work out. People imagine, were imagine having that will after that to be like, I must fight further. Yeah, I would never, never, ever. Um, yeah. I also don't like to sell. I don't like to walk around and try to convince people to use things. Like, I just can't I, I imagine. I mean, it's, it's just not how a trend works. Like, I just don't feel like someone comes is like, here's the trend. Come on, gather around. You know, like, that's just not how it works. We're all, we're all going to start picking meat out of our teeth with these. Why not these? these? Why not these? No. I've been using these forever. No, that's a twig, you fool. Look at these. These, these, are, are, these are Brazilian. These are these you must pay. See? <laughs> Better. Well, I mean, that's the big difference, right? All these people are like, I can just make one in two seconds with my knife and a and a branch. Why would I Yeah. That's the big difference. It's it, Yeah. He's try he's trying to make something worth money so he can be rich. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a dream though. So people were using toothpicks. Fancy ones or ones they made themselves. That was it. Like the rich people right. had a gold one. Uh, you know, Frank picked one off the ground. And so it's very similar to now. I mean, it's just like, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. And there were also toothpick scolds. So people who scold? criticize scold. Oh, scold. Okay. People who criticize anyone who pick their teeth in public, right? So you had those people out there, uh, right. Miss, the, Miss Manners the, types writing in the paper, the, don't. The regular people who are like, <laughs> hey, that's. Totally disgusting. Do you understand why that grosses me out? That's partially uh, digested. It's horrible to see. Uh, it's pre- it was pretty roundly condemned in the 1830s. Uh, once a teenager was on a ship on Lake Erie using a large silver toothpick, and another passenger walked up and grabbed his arm. Quote, to clean your teeth in public is a sign of vulgarity, but to torment your gums with a metal spike when you can treat them to the softness of a quill is sheer stupidity. This is like 1830s commercials. Like, that just doesn't sound... Like, you know what I mean? That's just like, there's got to be a better way. It's like that. Yeah. I mean, he's saying do it. Do it in your your. Uh, do it your in room. private and then do it with some class. I mean, quills were the big thing at this point. So he's like, sure. it's a little bit softer. It's not as hard as a silver thing. So Right. <laughs> now, at this time, in the 1830s, Young men would gather on sidewalks with toothpicks hanging out of their mouths. Mm. So 
it was a common belief that, quote, the man who carried a toothpick in his mouth did so in order to convey the false impression that he had dined on meat instead of coffee and cakes. So how about this? Take, <laughs> take your time and your energy uh, yeah. and put it towards buying a piece of that meat and then stand on the corner with that. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah. what if you couldn't Just afford eat, that eat. meat, but you could only afford a, a little stick? So you save up a little. You take, you, instead of standing on the side being like, look at him, look at me, you get, you know, you, you go do a little bit of work and you afford one. I mean, it doesn't even need, you just could make a fake piece of meat. I'm just saying. Who, how are we making fake meat now? Boy, this project has gotten really big. It's got a little complicated. I'm not going to lie. It's, I, I, wanted, I wanted it to go better. Kind of lost the thread a little bit. I don't know. I, this sounds like their version of a bunch of kids smoking cigarettes in like the 50s. Right. I think it's that they think it looks really cool. They're, and they're greasers. Going, they're, right. Yeah, they're, they're greasers. They're going against society. They're like, I don't care. I'm toothpicking it. And the girls hey, are like, I oh, man. I got so much goddamn hen caught in between my teeth. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, hello, lady. <laughs> Where you going, girls? Oh, man. Good thing I'm able to dislodge all this quail from supper. Oh, a group of ladies. <laughs> uh, unless I say otherwise, every quote is from uh, Henry Petresky's book, The Toothpick. <laughs> wow. Yeah, some dude went fucking deep, deep. on toothpicks. Yeah. Deep. Okay, so Benjamin Strutavant. Strutavant? was born in 1833. When he was a kid, he was poor, so he made wooden shoe pegs that were used to attach shoes to the shoe soles that were worn mostly by working class. So richer people would have them sewed, but working class people, you would get the shoes with little pegs. Yeah. Okay. Um, It it was faster than stitching shoes, and uh, Strutavent went on to become a shoemaker, and then another guy, Paul Pillsbury, built the first peg mill, and it was so it was so successful that he became known as Peg Pillsbury. Peg Pillsbury, yeah, which now is something sexual you do to the doughboy. Uh, yeah, you can really get pegged by Pillsbury if you really. Hee 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 I'm close. Hee 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 hee. Not too much longer. So we're probably not going to have them as an advertiser. <laughs> Come on. I mean, isn't it worth it to hear the Pillsbury Doughboy yeah. have an orgasm? A hundred percent. Oh, that was a good doughgasm. Just dough comes out. Oh, <laughs> that's how it's made. Oh, you can make little croissants out of this. Uh, by the late 1860s, pegs were used in about 90% of shoes in the U.S. Okay. So uh, Stradivant invented an improved pegging machine and also a machine to make pegs. <clears throat> so not only just to put them in the shoes, but also to make them. Right. Uh, he, he went to Boston. So he, he comes up with the idea of these machines, and then he goes, I'm going to make it rich. And he heads to Boston, and he's got his two machines, 
and 20 cents in his pocket, and he's 23 years old. Jesus, okay. So it's like a, it's like a kid. It's like the beginning yeah. of, uh, of uh, Guns N' Roses' video, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, when he gets off the bus, except instead of Axl Rose. Sure. It's this guy, and he's got cut. two. It's a deep cut. It's a, it's a kid trying to make it rich in the big city. Okay. He got patents for his machines in 1857 and set up his businesses in 1859 on Sudbury Street in Boston. He soon employed eight men. So it's going good. His machines are quality. Sure. Wood is expensive to transport, though. Really expensive to move around. So he ended up renting a mill in Livermore Falls, Maine, and brought his machines up there. So he's like, we got to do this closer to the wood. Sure. Okay. Now, after about three years, he'd cut down and used all of the wood near the mill. So he moved the entire mill to Wilton, Maine. So he's um, just like kind of... Eating up the wood for these shoe pegs? Yeah, because okay. everybody needs them in America. Okay. Right. And uh, obviously not replanting. He, it's just, the Lorax would not be happy. No. no, of course not. No, in general, no. I think, this is, I think this is good for the forest, right? To just cut it down and then yes. move on? Yep, yeah. not do anything and then move on, exactly. That's why fires are so helpful. Yes. Uh, he opened a second mill in Oxford, Maine, and within two years had cut down so many trees that he shut that one down. It's still, it's just cheaper to move a mill than it is to transport trees. Like, is this so, guy going to be a mill millionaire? <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, Charles is looking for someone to make wooden toothpicks in America. And by the 1860s, they're, they're pretty widely used. I mean, people are just using toothpicks all over. Okay. There's a lot less scolding of pickers. It wasn't that they weren't scolding anymore. It was just kind of, meh. Like, it, it wasn't against, it wasn't for it. It was just a thing. Sure, we've you accepted I mean? it. It's probably like smoking at one point, like you were saying. Although Vanity Fair uh, said asking to borrow someone else's toothpick was what a fool did. Yeah, well, no shit. I mean, <laughs> do we need a publication to let us know that that's crazy? Well, also, hold how on. old is Vanity Fair? I don't know. <laughs> that's, well, that's what what year did Vanity? What year did Vanity start being fair? It's it's never been fair. Let's be honest. Uh, well, okay, so one Englishman who visited America said, quote, it is by no means an unusual thing for a Yankee to offer you his tongue scraper or his toothpick. Oh, Dave, you got to, like, give me, like, a bucket preparation <laughs> for some of this shit. That, the idea of, the idea of a tongue scraper ever being used again on someone else is, I, I mean, just the, ugh. You got to be careful. You might have a little of my scrape left on it from before. <laughs> hey, Governor, why don't, you go, why don't you clean up your tongue right there? Go ahead and just give it a nice rub it down the middle. Here, let me do it like I'm priming your walls before painting. <laughs> 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 oh, Americans. But not, they, they weren't made here, right? Wooden ones were imported from South America. Charles met uh, Strudevant and tried to talk him into turning the peg machine into a toothpick machine. Uh, it's not a toothpick machine. It's a peg machine. It always will be. won't be the same. I didn't get in the pegging business to be toothpicking. <laughs> well, that's kind of exactly what happened. Uh, yeah. He's the, you can tell this guy has, like, shoe integrity. Yeah. He's just like, no. This machine I is built for one thing and one thing only. Shoe pegs. I'm a foot guy. I'm not a mouth guy. I always just enjoyed the foot. I yeah. always want to work around the foot, things that go on the foot. Never want to be in the, the mouth game. 
My father made me promise I wouldn't do anything with mouths. <laughs> he was talking about something else. Oh, my life. So, oh. so uh, Charles doesn't give up. During one of his trips to Brazil, his, Charles' fiance, Charlotte, makes a deal. So I guess they were working him the whole time. And then she, when he's away, because he would still go to Brazil for a while and come back. And so she makes a deal with uh, Stridovant, and she got exclusive rights to use his machine for, quote, making strips of wood to be cut up into toothpicks. So he goes to Brazil, and she's able to land the deal. But is, is it not just, again, a little bizarre for your dream to be this much about toothpicks? It is a little odd. I mean, I... I it just I, seems like it's a, a real... He's really... <laughs> but he really, I mean, and, you know, God bless him, he's right. He believed when nobody else did, but, my God, the idea that even a woman was like, I will be around for your weird dream. Yeah, it is, it, yeah it's strange. She was totally on board. Um, they also bought one machine from him, and Strudevin got a patent then for his altered peg machine that made toothpicks. <laughs> okay. Oh, Sounds gosh. pretty much like the other machine, though. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the other guy's like, wait, what did you do? He's like, I finally got a patent on this thing. On my <laughs> shoe-pegging machine? No, no, on my tooth-picking machine. But it does seem like it uses some of similar technology, which might be a problem legally for you. So, uh, so he gets a patent for his altered peg toothpick machine. Mm-hmm. Now, Charles was having trouble with the machine that his fiance had bought, well, now his wife. It's not cutting them, so they had a nice point on the end. Now, at this point, toothpicks... Which is thi- key. Yeah, I think they're square. I think they're almost square. all... I think okay. all the toothpicks are square at this point. And then they just have a like a spear. And then, and then they're supposed to have a pointed end, but the end really isn't pointed enough. It's a little pointed, but it's a little blunt. So right. he asked, he just, he's just like, I can't get this right. He asked uh, Stradivet to take the machine back, make the toothpicks, and then just pay Charles a royalty. And, and Stradivet's like, okay, I can do that. But he only made toothpicks for a few months because he was just breaking even. And then uh, Stradivet declared the business of making toothpicks Quote, unremunerative, I can never say this word, unremunerative, unremunerative and bailed. So it's I've, not, it's not going to bring you profit. It's just okay. not going to make you money. Unremunerative. Yep. Um, exactly. It's a hard, isn't it hard to say? Yeah. Un, yeah, whatever. Charles was then back to making his own toothpicks. So stride of it now. At what stri- point do you go, I'm just going to be a bartender? He's got a dream, man. Stick with your it's dream. It's a really weird dream. Uh, so I toothpicked ga- Elaine. <laughs> Stradivit gave him the machine and the toothpick patent. He's like, it's all yours. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm into pegging. <laughs> Super into pegging. Uh, yeah. Charles is now 40. He has two daughters. They soon have a son. And in 1869, after a lot of attempts, Charles finally had a toothpick machine that's going to be the exact same machine used for decades. So he can finally make the thing nobody wants at a good clip. That's right. Finally. Okay. All right. But people are using toothpicks. They are or aren't? Yeah. Well, in 1869, about 5 million toothpicks 
are being sold a day. They're all imported from Brazil. So that is a lot. It's not a so huge... So was the street just lined with toothpicks? I don't know. I would assume that they're all... Of, I mean, remember, this is a time It had to be like would, peanut shells at a barbecue place. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine they were just all over the place. People... Yeah. Remember, this is when people threw their shit out their window from a bucket. So it was like... I've st- by the way, I still do that. That's my favorite way to yeah. get rid of things. It's, uh, and natural. I'm done with this stuff. Get out. <laughs> that oh, was... Get out of the street. That was poo. Get goodbye. Have a good day, everyone. So much garbage up here. Poo. So by 1870, the disposable wooden toothpick had taken over the quill for use as personal toothpicks. Okay. I think they're much cheaper, but also I think they're better than the quill. I think they're just for All your right. teeth and your gums and whatever. That's, that's a better mousetrap. So he decides to move to Maine. Because he concluded the white birch was the best wood, and he set up a mill in Sumner, Maine. It's it's just, if you're his daughter or his wife, you're probably like, so you're still sticking with this whole toothpick thing, huh? Well, honey, you can't expect me to put it down when I just figured out the perfect type of wood to use. <laughs> I mean, my God, this is the breakthrough we've been waiting for. Birch, darling, birch. It was birch the whole time. Here I am complaining about pine. Well, that's on me. I shouldn't have been doing that. It's a fool. Birch. Birch, baby. Birch. I married horribly. I married horribly. What? Wait, what? <laughs> what did you say? I married horribly. I just picked the wrong man. No, you toothpicked the right man. <gasps> Someday this is all going to make sense. I know that our daughters are starving and that we have a son on the way. And I know that I've really gone all in on this toothpick business and it doesn't seem to be working. But that was before I found the perfect tree, baby. (laughs) Birch. Birch. I'm dying dying inside. Well, here, eat a couple of these. Now, we're all going to be eating the toothpick wood for a little while until Dad gets flush with cash. Shouldn't be long. Did I tell everyone the good news? It's Birch. Uh, they, they would eventually move everything to strong Maine, but in 1873, so he's selling. They start to sell, and in 1873, he bought 500 cords of wood, and that was so much wood that it made news up and down the East Coast. Like, all Man buys fuck ton of wood! <laughs> what? Get out of here! Let me, give me that! Give me two of those papers! Good Lord! This guy bought so much fucking wood, Dale. Really? Let me have a look at that. My Lord, that's a lot of wood. Benjamin, did you see this? Yes, I did. (laughs) It's all we're talking about. I am flabbergasted. It's insanity. I don't know how to fathom this level of wood purchase. What would a man... Is he building boats? I don't even think we should try to figure it out. It's so much wood, I don't believe that much wood exists. I want to see this pile of wood. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Uh. Also, so, you ever feel like we're so boring right now? <laughs> I have that, that thought has crossed my... Yes, I was reading about a guy buying... Uh, 300 bales of hay the other day and then talking about it with Martha. We talked about it for about an hour and then I said, my God, our lives are hell. They're absolute hell. 
I couldn't agree with you more. It's just crazy what's entertaining these little brains of ours. But the wood! I just wish someone would invent the Zoon! <laughs> Whatever that... I, yeah, that'll be great when that... Because that for sure is a... When we, when we get our hands on those materials, mm. that'll be an exciting time. Thank you. When we are able to see the Zoon in form. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so Charles had the market corner. He had the patent. But the patent was going to end in 1880. So he really oh, wanted man. to push... He really wanted to push... <laughs> Toothpick sales. He's kind of built this all on his own. So the idea that like his patent is yeah. stressful. Well, honey, look, we did it, but we didn't do it for the cash. What matters is we got the toothpicks in mouths. So he really wants to push them so he can make as much money as he can before eighteen eighty comes. Now, yeah, there are two big markets. There's places like hotels and restaurants, right? Sure, that businesses that give them out, and then they would buy in bulk. And then there was also just individuals, people who go into a store and buy a pack. Right. He tried to sell them to stores, but the owners thought it was a ridiculous item to sell. He was getting nowhere and made it seem like he had given up. Okay. Right? He makes it look like, well, this isn't going to happen. Stops going to the right. stores. And then he hires men and women from different areas all over Boston. This is and crazy. He, and he gives them a list of stores. Quote, they were to visit and seek to purchase wooden toothpicks. I can't believe this. Day after day, these men and women, one after the other, called at the different stores and sought to purchase wooden toothpicks. For more than a month. I can't, he came up with a troll farm. <laughs> it's a troll farm. For more than a month, this attempt to purchase toothpicks was kept up each day one or more of these men and women would call upon the various storekeepers to try to purchase wooden toothpicks. Well, I just got a job calling stores about toothpicks. <laughs> so that's amazing. So every day yeah. they would just be like, boy, it just seems like people with similar voices every day call about these toothpicks. No, they walk in. Oh, they go in. Oh. Yeah, to call right. then meant to call upon. Right. Uh, I mean, of course. A phone. So they were like, hello, do you have toothpicks? No, we've done this. No, I don't. It's so weird huh. that this all of a sudden started. Are they Out wearing of nowhere, disguises? I've had the store for 13 years, and Excuse on Monday... Me, I'm behind her, and I just I, I didn't hear the answer. There are or are not toothpicks No, we don't, we don't. We've never had anybody ever in my 13 uh, years. That's and a mistake. I'll go to Jackson's down the street. I know no, they've got toothpicks. That, no, I don't think they do. I don't. Well, someone's eventually going to carry them because, golly, my teeth are killing me. Okay. That went, yeah. that went really good. That went great. <laughs> what are you, you guys are talking to each other? I merely am expressing to the fair lady that I too agree that we need toothpicks and that it seems like you are starting to feel that way, which to us is good because for no reason outside of our own necessities are we trying to get them here. So we are killing this game right now. So after a while of sending these people, it seems like a month, Charles went to the stores and then was easily able to sell them boxes of toothpicks. I mean, again, just like his wife must have just been like, wait, what's the next part? I'm hiring actors, darling. It's the next step. <laughs> and then 
he sent the shoppers back and they would actually buy the boxes of toothpicks. What is going on? And then they would give the boxes to Charles. So and that he would re- so essentially and he'd resell them. So so he's I mean, it is just he's created faux commerce for himself. Yeah. Have you sold some more? Well, no, not yet, baby. This is a part B in the plan that takes a long time to get toothpicks in mouths. So he'd do this over and over, and he did this until the stores were convinced wooden toothpicks had value. I mean, he stuck with it. Some claimed he also pulled this game on restaurants. He hired people to go to nice restaurants, and he'd pay them with just the meal, and then... Order the fanciest thing on the menu so they know you're a real aristocrat. (laughs) And then they'd request a toothpick, and when they didn't get one... The guy would say how disappointed he was and tell the manager his restaurant was falling behind the times. Well, I don't know about you, but most places have toothpicks. Anyway, I guess I'll just pay the $400 bill now. (laughs) The champagne didn't seem necessary. You said you wanted us to seem like we were classy. Yeah, but you didn't have to get all that champagne. My wife's leaving me. Bert. Uh, So then... Charles would show up to the restaurant with wooden toothpick samples and then get an order for toothpicks. And this, this con might have happened, but toothpicks were already becoming common in restaurants. I mean, that was one of the only places that those five million were going, at hotels right. and restaurants. So they th- people think that's not a true story. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw it in just in case. Um, so either way, the wooden toothpicks sold and soon had, quote, almost entirely displaced the sharpened match. Okay, so people up until this time would also just take a match out of a box and sharpen the end and then use it as a toothpick. It just sounds a little dangerous. But that's not a bad idea because then you get a double use out of a thing. Sure. Yeah, because you have the true. one end that's just a stick, and the other end's a match. So you use a toothpick, and then you put it back in the box, and now you have a match. Yeah, sure. But also, how about you separate the things you're lighting fire with from the things you're throwing in the gunk in your mouth? Well, now that doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like you care about the environment. That's what I'm hearing. Don't do this, old Jimmy. No. Matches. Hey, who cares? Right? They don't come from trees or nothing. <laughs> They do. They come from trees. What does? The match head? <laughs> no, the, the match stick, the part of the match, not the head. The, the... <laughs> You're telling me that this is a tree. This little baby thing right here is a yeah, tree. Yeah, it's made from trees. It's, it's literally... made from trees. Then how come it ain't got no bark on it, smart pants? Okay. I don't want to yeah. talk to you anymore. I mean, that's sort of my feeling. When I talk to you, I never want to talk to you again. And it's a bummer because we work together. Yeah, well, I'm just saying it's tough news that you believe things this tiny is trees. <laughs> that it's not. Trees. I don't think it's a whole tree. I think it's made from a tree. It's a little part of a tree. How the hell are you going to make something from a tree? It's it even wood. Possible. That do you, don't even make no sense. Where do you think you're going to make a thick? Where did your house come from? The guy. He made it. What did he make it from? He made it from wood. A wood comes from trees. Wood. Yeah, but not from tree wood. You got to leave. No, that, 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 that shit don't come from the tree. It's wood, you dummy. <laughs> this guy don't even know what nature is. <laughs> this guy's such a stupid guy. He thinks my house is a forest. He thinks my house is made of trees. Okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, this guy fucking is so stupid. Uh, 
okay, I'm just going to not work here anymore. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Just hit, hey, don't, maybe the thing, go, hey, I'm a tree. <laughs> this guy, he's just so dumb. Oh. <sighs> I'm a mouse on fire. You're going to have a big future in America, by the way. I'm running for Congress. <laughs> so. So Charles moved his factory, factory to Buckfeld, where locals gave him a five-year tax break. So he got like a fucking Amazon deal. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, yeah. it sounds like Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you say we start the race to the bottom in 1874? Yeah, I mean. Uh, so in 18, by 1874, tons of orders for toothpicks were coming from hotels and restaurants. 500 million were now being sold. Wow. So it's working. His push, there's other pushes happening, obviously. There was other people trying to sell him. So he's not the only one, but he's definitely a major part of this. He's also, he's selling so many now, he's considering exporting them. Some started making fun of toothpicks in places like hotels. One person wrote, you could learn how to properly use a toothpick by going to a hotel. Quote, we recommend the steps of any fashionable hotel as a studio between 3 and 7 p.m. where lessons are given gratis by distinguished members. Uh, 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 please join me next week for Snark Look. <laughs> Wooden toothpicks were seen as lower class by some. Of course, there's always these people. Yeah. Young beggar children sold toothpicks around hotels. When New York began cleaning the streets of orphans and sending them west on trains, they were described as, quote, juvenile match and toothpick vendors. Uh, Oh, my God. Uh, Uh, (laughs) It's just quite a conclusion. Yeah. We were selling a bunch of stuff to make people clean their mouths. Now we're going on a train with no mom and dad. Uh, some adults also sold toothpicks on the street. Some sold clearly used toothpicks. Now, I don't think these are sticks, but they might be. I'm what they call a used toothpick dealer. Now, I understand. <laughs> I don't like to think of it as used. I like to think of it as secondhand. Right here's a perfect model. This is two years old. This yeah. model barely even made its way around the mouth. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it basically spent most of its time between one of the back teeth and one of the teeth right in front of it. So yeah. this here, while it is technically a second-hand toothpick, is not something I would consider to be a second-hand toothpick. Now, this is, uh, what's the matter? Now, the way I like some is, uh, do you have a steel one? Because you know how you, when you use a steel pan, you get all that flavor in there, and, it go, and over the years, it gets nice flavorful. Well, some, that's what I'm looking for in a toothpick. I'm looking for something someone's been using for a long You're time. It's got a, a flavor. It's got a You're flavor. You're looking for an older model with a midsize with a little yeah. bit of the previous owner on it. That's right. I didn't realize you were a classy gentleman. I was trying to show you some of these wooden models, but obviously you're looking for something a little more teeth to it. Part That's of the right. <laughs> this model right here is unbelievable. I actually put a couple in this model two days ago. They called me. They called, but that means they came over. They didn't pick up the phone. They called me the other day, said, change their life. 
This toothpick here, unfortunately, though, it's on hold. So I'm not going to be able to sell Man, you this particular can model. I, can, I have, can I just have a little taste? Can I put it in my mouth for one sec? I just guess a little... you could give it a test pick, but let I'm not going to a... let you do it too much. Get in there a little bit. A, a little swoop-de-doo. There we you go. You feel that in there? It really digs in there. Oh. It's nice. It's not oh. aggressive. It's not subtle. It's right in the middle. It's What it I like ta- to think of it is I recall this toothpick the Goldilocks because this porridge is just right. Okay? It, t- <laughs> it, it, it tastes like uh, it tastes like. Bob Bobby and pineapples. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Even though I put this on hold, I cannot possibly step in the way of a rapport that you have with a device of this nature. Therefore, what I'm going to say to you is for four easy payments of $499, this toothpick right here belongs to you. Okay. Oh, hold on. Hold on. That's a hedgehog. I'm going to follow that hedgehog there. I got this. Just fucking thing. These fucking things. I swear to God, if I ever see Mother Nature, I am going to stab her. Uh, so the reason that uh, apparently these adults would sell used ones, and they're clearly used, they're it's look, obvious. you can see this has got the previous guy's gunk on it because they were hoping that it would just lead to charity instead of a purchase. Oh, okay, so okay, that's yeah. interesting. Sure, <laughs> it's quite the take. Okay. Yeah, I uh, don't want your toothpick, but here's a farthing. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Hey, this guy's a sucker. In 1874, a letter to the New York Times wrote about a man who had been a bachelor for 15 years. And this had been made worse because it was so difficult to live in the city on a small income. So someone else wrote a letter back and responded that Times Reader uh, should invest in an apartment building to house 60 bachelors. So they're like, you know, the, all, these, all these poor guys are having a hard time finding a lady. So let's help them out with cheap housing so they can get by better. And maybe that'll help their lives. <laughs> but just, then... It's a, it's, a, it's a shocking premise to hear in this uh, nation it, of ours. Well, it became a discussion. And then there were some concerns, quote, uh, isn't there some probability of their cutting monograms and eagles all over the woodwork and carrying mantelpieces away by piecemeal in the shape of toothpicks. <laughs> Wait. So the idea was let's give these poor people housing. That's right. That's right. And people were like, that's actually quite a novel idea. I guess we have these empty places. Why not put human bodies in them? And then someone's like, yeah, but they're probably going to make a bunch of monograms and then they'll steal the mantles to turn them into toothpicks. And everyone's like, <laughs> that's obviously very plausible and logical. Let's not do this because, again, like this weird man said over here who's got a bunch of blueberry pie on his face, these people will probably use the mantles to make toothpicks out of them. Great. No, no housing. Well, we talked, us, we talked ourselves out of helping poor people. Hey, but what matters is we thought about it for That's a That's right. Uh, now we still, look. Good. Toothpicks are selling. Other inventors tried to jump on the toothpa- toothpick wagon by coming uh-huh. up with new variations of the toothpick. It's called the pick tooth. You use a tooth to clean your to- toothpick with it. Alphonse... Kryzak was given a patent for a pointed hooked end toothpick with a side spoon that stuck out. The spoon part was for cleaning out hollow or sensitive teeth that the pointed end would hurt. So he's made like a Swiss army pick. That's right. Yeah. So he's like, the difference is the patented spoon that is uh, able to uh, get out the gunk out of your mouth. Okay. (laughs) 
there were others. John Sturdy's combined case for pen, pencil, knife, toothpick, and... <laughs> yeah, what I've come up with is a case that'll hold a bunch of stuff, among them a toothpick, which I think is vastly different from the toothpick. So. Uh, Richard Cross's watch key, toothpick, and toggle combined. Yes, yes. This has a toggle and will tell time and is also good at getting rid of the things that ail the betwixt your teeth. <laughs> but again, how many times have you been picking your teeth and thought, gosh, I've just lost track of the hours? Well, with this little device, you'll now know how much time you've wasted fantasizing about other things while plucking from betwixt your teeth. So, oh, I had to look this up because a watch key is actually a key that you carry to turn your watch. To right, wind your watch, yeah. I had no idea. So they, I thought they, there was always just a little round thing on the side, but they actually had a key to crank it. Yeah, they, I, I do remember that, yeah. And then someone finally was like, not anymore. And people were like, whoa. Holy shit, mind blown. We've peaked. Uh, Hen Graham and Richard Childs came up with the improvement in combined watch key and toothpick. So they improved upon the combo watch key toothpick. Apparatus. Can you imagine ripping off the toothpick with your watch key part and then someone ripping you off and be like, no, I was ripping. You just ripped me off on the rip off. It's so crazy. Uh, William Blake patented medical toothpicks, which would have a coating of medicine on them to help with health issues. Well, I'm in for the medicine coated toothpicks. Like, quote, voice mouth and throat as well as to aid in digestion heat this guy <laughs> it's really more of a wizard staff than a toothpick <laughs> what won't this do <laughs> it's just perfect to cast spells with this you don't even need to put it in between your teeth you just need to say remove this placus <laughs> and then watch it all leave like it's Fantasia in 1875, a guy invented a toothpick case for your pocket. Someone else patented flavored toothpicks that would, quote, perfume the breath. I was thinking that. If, um, the mint-flavored toothpick, I thought, yeah. would be kind of a revelation. You know? No, they, yeah, I mean, I don't know. when. They, I think they came up with this right around that time, but that, that's still a thing yeah. that's around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1876, as promotion, Charles went to the Centennial Exhibition in Philadelphia. So there's just tons of people. Uh, for this, <laughs> he uh, quote he hired a large, high, beautifully decorated wagon drawn by four snow white horses, and Mister Forrester, attired in a dress suit and wearing a tall hat, mounted the wagon and was drawn through the streets of Philadelphia. As the wagon proceeded on its journey, Mister Forrester himself threw boxes of toothpicks into the crowd of people standing in the streets watching the procession pass by. Dave, it is totally insane, but it is... This guy's earned it. He has <laughs> earned this moment. He hung in... He, he had gone on multiple trips to see what he liked. He fell in love. When everyone told him his dream was total madness, he stuck with it. He stuck with it. He stuck with it. And he finally, after hiring f actors... Yeah. To pretend that they won. He has won. 
it is if there's anybody who ever deserves to sit atop a carriage and toss out little pieces of wood to people, it's this guy. It's boxes. He's throwing little little packages. But yeah. just imagine imagine the crowds just swarming to get those toothpicks. Oh just yeah. It was just yeah. a different time. Now, because you cut to today, and there's a guy throwing toothpicks, and they're just landing on the ground, and everyone's looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, yeah, that person, yeah, that would be a troubling sign. Hello? You're not being very good subjects. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the papers reported on this, and, and they had pictures. Like, it's a, it's a whole, it worked. Like, it's PR. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah. There's, yeah. Now... By this time, chewing on a wooden toothpick in public was now considered completely acceptable style. Okay. For men. For men. I was... I, well, Dave, you don't need to tell me, obviously. When a, a woman does it, it is foul, odorous, and disgusting. And when a man is doing it, he is just particular and <laughs> keeps very good care of himself. But when a woman does it, ew, 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 leave, leave, leave. Oh, are you a woman? It's hard to tell whether you have a stick in your mouth. I'm looking for a wife whose teeth are perfectly connected. Now, a lot of women weren't sure what was acceptable for them. There were a lot of letters seeking advice that were answered in women's magazines about toothpicks. so crazy. (laughs) Uh, You are expected to sit there with the food in between your teeth. It's just such a bizarre... Yeah, well, it's also, when you think of the time, too, it's like the gaps in the teeth were probably pretty substantial. So yeah, you're talking I mean, about, like, you know, lodged food. I mean, yeah, look, this is the, before dentist. I mean, uh, orthodontics, so teeth are far more crooked, and that leads to difficult yeah. situations. Yeah, people probably had toothpicks stuck in their mouth that they didn't know about. <laughs> Everyone wanted advice on how to properly use a toothpick. By 1885, 3 billion toothpicks were being made in the U.S. Two wow. years later, it was 5 billion. Charles' Jesus. factory was making... It's tooth peaking. <laughs> His factory's cranking out 500 million packages a year. And there's only 75 million people in the U.S. So, you know, it's gone from... Remember when they were importing 5 million? Well, now this yeah. is just fucking bananas. Out of control, right. So toothpicks had transitioned from a thing the wealthy used and displayed, or what people made themselves, to now something the common man bought. Okay. Which right. is ca- capitalism, right? Like, yep, yeah. That's it in a nutshell. In the late 1880s, Arthur's Home Magazine wrote that Christmas gifts for gentlemen included, quote, books for those who are fond of reading and toothpicks for those who are not. Ugh, that's the new socks. I mean, that must have been the socks of that time when you're like, oh, <laughs> Toothpicks. Thank you. <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's really the thing that I wonder how many kids bought those for their dads. Yeah. yeah. Shake it. Try to guess. I'm, it's probably a big thing of toothpicks. <laughs> a Victorian man's toothpick uh, was often carried in his vest pocket. Users argued having a toothpick on one's mouth was calming. Okay. Right. Which I agree okay. with. Yeah, well, I think there is the, even when I quit smoking, like, you do have a bit of an oral fixation, so yeah, Yeah. I get it. 
Uh, Brit still looked down on American picking. Brit S. Phillips Day wrote, quote, This is an amusement equal to whittling, and a certain Yankee, as has been incisely observed, can whittle a toothpick out of a pine log. Nothing can well be more revolting to sensitive, cleanly persons than the habit of picking teeth either at meals or afterwards. And can you imagine the set of chompers that these words were coming out of? I mean, <laughs> I guarantee you, in retrospect, people would be like, let's not shame this, let's do this. I mean, and you think that the, the fridges are going to be foolish enough to sit there and try to pull something from between their teeth? You're just, you're, the, the nerve, they're disgusting. It looks so gauche. Yes, look at our lovely set of teeth and let us show you which one you should be doing properly, you damn Yankees. (laughs) Sorry, that's a shrimp tail that's dangling from my lip. Uh, In the 1880s, wooden toothpick use increased 8% a year. Now, wow. Charles, Charles no longer has the patent, and he's now one of many who are making toothpicks. Factories right. popped up all over. Some restaurants couldn't keep them in stock because people would not just use them after a meal, but steal them. Right. Charles was supposed to be making uh, around three-fifths of all toothpicks in the U.S. Picking one's, <laughs> picking one's teeth was now so common in America that a new San Francisco hotel opening through a party with 1,200 guests, quote, all to be supplied with toothpicks. That's right, everybody. Come one, come all. We've got them for your mouths. <laughs> it's the party favor. Sure. By 1884, women were now commonly picking in public. So it came around. Now women are just picking away and everyone's just loving right. it. It is the Equal fucking rights. thing to do. It's a right. fad. It's like a, the thing. Right. New York Times, quote, the fashion of holding a toothpick in the mouth and chewing it in public has been adopted by ladies only within the last two years. It is said that some ladies have become so addicted to the habit that they cannot feel at ease on rising in the morning unless they consume two or three toothpicks before breakfast. Oh, my God. Consume is a terrible way of putting it. It really I'm, is. They're not going down too well. Yeah. Okay. So you're, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. That's remarkable. So, so the, I should say also that um, speaking of newspapers, Forster had actual articles printed. He he paid to have articles put, and I went looking, and they're in every fucking newspaper. He had. So he really was like, in many ways, just the head of marketing, though. Yes, he was just pushing it. I mean, there was just articles yeah. about news about toothpicks, and you're like, why am I yeah. reading about toothpicks? He's doing like he's doing like like. Uh, Fake journalist. I mean, that's one of the things I always find so funny in the papers today is like how, I mean, it's pretty clear when there's an ad, but there are certainly some people who are probably going like, well, this is a really positive write-up about Ford. Yeah. They must be doing good things. Uh, The one now is like 30 things that are super great to buy for your house on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Or whenever you're on Twitter and you're like, that's really weird, right? That you just see the little promoted at the bottom. You're like, oh, yeah. right. I don't yeah. follow this person. That makes sense. Well, the bu- BuzzFeed and stuff like that, they'll just do like uh, 20 great oh, things yeah. for your kitchen by, yeah. that you can get on Amazon for yeah. cheap. Yeah. You're like, wow, yeah. I wonder if yeah. you get yeah. a cut of that. <laughs> 20 horrifying fears that Amazon will find out that you're not doing their bidding and come after you. <laughs> Please support their unionization. Yes, greatly. Um, 
Oh, so th- so this uh, this New York uh, Times editorial goes on and on. It went on for a long time. <laughs> I took some of it. More quote: Can it be that women imagine that carrying a toothpick in the mouth is a graceful and fascinating act? This seems hardly credible. Whatever else the object of publicly carrying toothpicks in the mouth may be, it is incredible that any woman does it in order to add to her attractiveness. Uh, it's just, I mean, can, you like just the depth of toothpick journalism. <laughs> it's just overwhelming. Imagine, imagine getting up in the morning and being like, today I'm going to write that fucking toothpick editorial. And and it, but it's not even based in fact. It's just like eh, my opining upon what I believe is behind the toothpick philosophy. It's just like, well, it's it's one. It's just right. It's just one guy's opinion on yeah. whether or not women should should be able to use toothpicks. That's all it is. Hypothet- yes, and then like, what is in the head of the woman? Yeah, and people never think about this, but this remains true today. You don't know who writes editorials. They never yeah. tell you. It's just the Los Angeles Times. Well, who yeah. at the Los Angeles Times is doing that? Generally, it's well, just the, rich the assholes. Person. No, it's all, I, I'll take issue with that. It is a, the decent person always. And it's always really helpful. But yeah, people always take, they're like, oh, this editorial said this. And you're like, really? Who the fuck wrote it? Yeah. You don't know. So editorials yeah. are just garbage propaganda written by people who get to do it anonymously. And then everyone goes, oh. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, f- it's a good yeah, system. It's, it, it's pretty great. Uh, So this goes on. It may be suggested that women carry toothpicks in order to protect themselves against unwelcome kisses. It's still, that's still a point, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Undoubtedly, the presence of a toothpick between lips is presumably. Undoubtedly, the presence of a toothpick between lips presumably fair is admirably adapted to drive all thoughts of kissing from the minds of all but the most reckless men. Still, the fact that among women addicted to the toothpick habit are those who are ready to remove their toothpicks at the slightest prospect of a display of ardent affection forbids us to believe that toothpicks are carried in self-defense. Women aren't beings. (laughs) Women say they use toothpicks to keep men from kissing them, but when a man wants to kiss them, they take the toothpick out of their mouths and allow it. It's just like an animal. I like that you got a little Bill Cosby-ish at the end. (laughs) But yeah, it's like at no point are you considering any, like, it's just like if a toothpick is in a woman's mouth, it's an object with an object. Yeah. Yeah. Surely the women are ready to be kissed whenever, you know. <laughs> uh, but look, it was a fad for women. It came a couple years, and then by 18, a couple years before, and by 1890, it fell out amongst younger women. And no longer cool. Toothics became a symbol of people's class and future, uh, and they were judged on it. Like hmm. uh, a young newspaper boy with a toothpick in his mouth was looked as forever being relegated to his low status. Like they they would they would they would see a kid with a Crazy. toothpick in his mouth and the paper would write like he's never gonna rise above his father. Well, he doesn't want to do anything with his life. <laughs> what is he, nine and has a toothpick in his me. mouth? Well, enjoy your life as being a pauper, lad. You chose the wrong lane early. <laughs> 
I'll come back in 20 years and hire you to move a pile of shit somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're a shit shifter. But for the wealthy, a gold-plated toothpick was still part of a gentleman's equipment. They were symbols of affluence and status and, quote, snobbishness. Great. Uh, as, it, as it had with women, the public display of picking fell out of favor with most. Good housekeeping, Good housekeeping had an article about toothpicks in 1894 that said amongst women it was, quote, steadily falling into disuse except in private. The New York Star called public toothpick use an ugly habit, and the L.A. Times said only to do it in private. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. They're right. I mean, yeah, you're right to some extent, you know. Uh, I don't... Th- I, I, yeah, I'm really... I, I, I don't feel that way. I feel like it doesn't fucking matter. Like, if someone's walking around with a toothpick uh, in their mouth, I don't oh, give a with shit. Oh, the, to- the only thing that I come back to is the idea of, like, digging in and... F- Flinging food out like that. Yeah, to me no. Is like I mean, you don't have to much. fling food out. Yeah, but having a toothpick, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Naturally, in 1887, a toothpick trust was formed, the National Toothpick Association. So now they're getting worried. There's so many toothpick makers that someone's going to, you know, undermine the other ones and and cut down the Create a monopoly. Well, just cut cut down the the profit so the other ones couldn't make money. You know, start selling them too cheap or whatever. But Dave, that's. Uh... That's our whole. Okay. But I just. No. It feels very. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Just. Okay. No. Okay. It quote controlled the trade. There were two small mills, one in Massachusetts and another one in Maine, that were not part of the trust, but everyone else was. The trust tried to drive those two out of business, but the Maine factory came up with a faster way to make toothpicks and survived. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Stop he, sharpening that, them. <laughs> that that factory had like orders like two years ahead of time. That's how well they were doing. Okay. Wow. So the production of toothpicks continued at pace in America. What we considered the modern day toothpick, round with the pointed ends, was patented by Charles Freeman in 1891. I put something in the chat for you with well, a picture of the patent. Yeah, the page. Okay. Uh, uh, you want to describe I mean, that? I, yeah, just, I just tell just they, tell people. I'm again not. I'm not a patent man, so I've not seen a ton of patents. But I will say, uh, it feels like it's an an inadequate patent. There's it not says, a lot written on the page. <laughs> the top it just says the toothpick. <laughs> then there's some names like CC Freeman toothpick, and there's a number and the patent number. Then there's. Middle of the page is blank, and there's just a line in the middle. Just like a guy was like, "I'll just draw." Oh, he drew. He drew a toothpick. That's so, right. and it's the drawing <laughs> of a toothpick. I'm realizing it. Uh, yes, it, you would recognize. The, uh, hopefully, nobody has a patent on splinters because that guy has a case. <laughs> and uh, then it's just signed, and the patent drawing for Freeman's improved toothpick was stark. That is uh, that is Freeman's toothpick. Yes. Great. Good. <laughs> really good stuff. <laughs> Just, I mean, <laughs> drawing the toothpick on the paper. Charters had already started working with this guy, Freeman, so it was not a threat. So I think this guy, I think Charles worked as a machinist in some in some factory, so he knew him, and when he had the idea, I think that it, it's a little bit murky as to what happened, but it sounds like maybe Charles gave him money to come up with it, and then he patented I think he wanted to have his wife... Charlotte 
put the patent under her name, but for some reason it wouldn't work. But anyway, the guy was in business with Charles from day one. So in this new, right. which is the modern day toothpick, the pointed right. on both ends, round, this is, this is when it came about. And right. from then on, that's what it's been. Um, so he kept, Charles kept making toothpicks and selling them in 1900. He became ill and he applied to the patent office for 10 trademarks. Some he'd been using for 25 years. So he's trying to, he's trying to get control of his, uh, fortune so he could dole it out to his family over years. He sort of created this empire. Yeah. He created this trust and this fortune for his heirs. I mean, to him, it was just like. I obviously can't predict where the future technology will take the toothpick, but the sky's the limit. <laughs> I built a toothpick castle for my family. Yeah. He died on March 9th, 1901. Toothpicks reached their peak of popularity by World War II. World War II. World War II. Strong Maine was the center of toothpick production. But then, after World War II, came... Nylon floss and cheap toothpicks from China and Southeast Asia also came. And by the 1980s, sales plummeted. The toothpick mills in Maine slowly began to close down. The Forster Manufacturing Company's mill was the last to close, and it closed in 2003. Not wow. one toothpick is made in strong Maine today. Wow. Wow. Uh, we'll get right back to talking about toothpicks in a sec. First, I want to say we are also brought to you by Helix Sleep. I have slept in my share of really terrible mattresses uh, in my time. What? I used to uh, sleep in comedy condos. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like uh, the apartment that the comedy club owns. And uh, it's like sleeping on a bag full of beavers, basically, the mattresses they had. So I can appreciate a really, really sweet mattress. And that's what Helix is. Now I sleep like a baby. I never take it for granted. Like Helix makes personalized mattresses. Uh, they, they make them right here in the USA. They're shipped straight to your door in a box with free no-contact delivery, free returns, 100-night sleep trial, and the way you choose a mattress with Helix is you go to their website, you take a quiz, takes like two minutes, and you complete it, and then it matches your body type with your sleep preferences, finds the exact mattress for you. And if you like a mattress that's really soft or firm, or you sleep on your side or your face or you sleep on your head like me, uh, you sleep really hot, with Helix, there's a mattress that matches up for you. I took the quiz. I was matched with the uh, Dusk Lux, which is the supreme uh, f- head sleeper one. And uh, I wanted something that was like medium. And like I said, I sleep on my head. And uh, it's amazing. I am sleeping so awesome. And you can't say enough about how comfortable this thing is. It's crazy. Like, I never want to get out of bed anymore. I'd rather just stay there all the time, which I can now because I live at home uh, all the time. Look, I love Helix, but you don't need to take my word for it. Look, I love Helix, but you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ Wired Magazine and Apartment Therapy. Just go to helix.com slash dollop, take the two-minute sleep quiz, and it'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They got a 10-year warranty. 
Uh, so you can try it out for 100 nights, risk-free, and then they'll even pick it up and give you a refund if you don't love it. But uh, you're going to, so don't worry about that. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dollop. That's helixsleep.com slash dollop for $200 off. Seriously, the best mattress ever. Uh, most of this came from Henry Petrosky's The Toothpick. <laughs> God damn. He must have been like when he was writing that book. He's like, look, am I in or am I out? It is so crazy how in-depth he goes into toothpicks. It's crazy. It, it is, it is, an ama- it is amazing. It reminds me of the mince pie stuff. It's just amazing. To, you, just these little things you never think of. Well, it's such a and, different... It's such a different... It's so alien to us because... Everything has changed so much, and yeah. and you forget, like, I mean, even then, even in the 1850s or whatever, 1880s, how much a toothpick yeah. changes big, everything. Big well, and how, like, yeah, I mean, really, when you think about, I mean, we are now at the point where you are really spoiled, obviously, with all the things you can do to, to have self-care. But, yeah, I mean... The feeling, like, I, there are times where I'll go, oh, I have something in my teeth. And I'll be like, I can't wait to get home and get it out. And yeah. the idea that there was a time when you would just be like, it lives in there. <laughs> it's just like, you or know you, what I mean? People are, you're dying for that sensation. Or you go out to the forest and, and take a, a, a twig down and whittle it. And then, yeah. like, at that, at that point, you'd be like, God damn it, I don't have my knife on me, so I can't whittle a toothpick. And and even in that time, there was a guy saying to another person, just like, can you imagine what we did before we sharpened twigs? <laughs> you know, it's like, buddy, you are nowhere on the evolution of this yet. But teeth are, I just, I had a root canal um, uh, welcome last month. I'd never mm-hmm. had one. I'd never had one before. I'd gotten pretty lucky, I think. But he said that. Back, the dentist, the the guy who did it, he wasn't a dentist, he's an oral surgeon, I guess. But he said that the, they found the Chinese way back when were doing root canals. Wow. Like, teeth are such a massive part of your life. Yes. A, particularly if they go wrong. Yes. Like, the pain that is involved. Like, because when, when you have a toothache like that, my first thought is always like, what did they do? I always think of, uh, I think I even told you this. I like when, I, cause I've had over the past couple of years, I've really come into my Britishness and really had some major teeth problems. But I always think of that scene in Castaway when Tom Cruise takes an ice skate blade and pops oh. the tooth out of his head. I mean, I get to the point where I'll be like, I just, I, I'm literally like, how much is a figure skate? I'll do, I'll pop it out of my, like you get to that point. Yeah. I also remember, like, you know, hygienic, healthy teeth, it, they can, unhealthy teeth can kill you, you know? Yeah. Whereas healthy teeth can <laughs> extend your life. So and yeah, it and it's not just strange. teeth. I, I think that, you know, we're talking yeah, about yeah. the plaque and the. I, there's been a lot of, I don't know if it's been affirmed, but for a long time there was a belief that um, that plaque, you know, causes all kinds of problems, like heart problems and like it's in, it's yeah. in your mouth yeah. and then it, it goes to other parts of your body and it shouldn't be there. And so... Toothpicks would have literally been, you know, saving lives and stuff. Like, yeah. it's a really crazy important thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, though. It, it is weird because, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. Like, it's just amazing to be like, I'm going to hone in on the toothpick. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Did your it's did cool. your did your dad use toothpicks? Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of thinking during that, like y- y- it definitely felt like toothpicks were way more prevalent when yes. I was a child than now. But yeah, I I, I even think we had a um, I think we even had like a a cup with like toothpicks in it, like for people to take. yeah. We had we and yeah, and they they still have them at restaurants and stuff. But yeah, no, yeah, everybody had toothpicks in their house when I was growing up. And every, all my uncles and my dad always had toothpicks. Now, my dad was a crazy alcoholic. So one time I came back from college and I was like, I need to go see a dentist. Can I have some money to see a dentist? And he was like, you don't need to see a dentist. I mean, you know, forget about all the crazy, how bad of a story this is about. But he was like, you don't need a dentist. I don't go to that. I've been to dentist in five years. You know why? And he pulled out a toothpick. He's like, because I got these. As his mouth is bleeding. Look <laughs> <laughs> at these, boy. Yeah. But I think yeah. there is I think there is something to that. I mean, as crazy as he was and as horrible a person as he was, like <laughs> there is something to the fact that you can really get your teeth pretty fucking clean if you're just always working around with a toothpick. Yeah, I also like how now we've ra- I wrapped toothpicks in plastic where you're like, perfect, let's just... just <laughs> Wait let's, a minute, what? Do you. they? Yeah, oh, the little, the oh, the little, that's for restaurants, wrapped. right? Yeah, but you're like, good, I let's mean, just, wherever we can, like, maybe we should put, but what if people touch that? Should we put plastic around the plastic? But this is the, these are the same people who then go and, and dig their hand into a peanut bowl on a bar that's been like touched by everybody's dirty hand, you know? It's Man, the same. I, we haven't even begun to think, I mean, we're so beaten and bludgeoned by the past year, we haven't even started to think about what bar snacking is going to be like post-COVID. <laughs> it's just going to be like, it's just going to be like, I mean, there's not going to be any peanuts on the bar anymore. That's tough. No, there really um, won't be anymore. Yeah. Crazy, though. Very crazy. What a crazy, what a crazy little dive. I know, right? It's I do just love a... that we have a regular relationship outside of this and then once a week you are going to surprise the shit out of me like we're talking like yeah you're probably thinking in your head like i'm gonna tell this fucking idiot about toothpicks tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> he's got no idea he's like all right sounds good yeah um there's a couple other right. things i have i there's a couple other things that are not people that uh, are coming down the pike okay well that's interesting but one of them gets really dark so i haven't done it yet. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I'm sure that <laughs> sounds pretty fitting for this. Um, all right. Well, listen. Good work, Dave. I think we both did really great stuff today. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of research on both of our parts. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Interesting. It's cool. Interesting. Uh, join me Thursday for my uh, stand-up show. It's talk- we're doing a lot of toothpick stuff. And then we have right. announced another live one. Oh, yeah. Um, May fourteenth. Uh, uh, yep, this time it's a on Friday. A, a live ep, a live dollop. It's on a Friday, so people in Australia can uh, watch it live. And then the forty eight hours, I guess, is a pretty uh, yeah. It's hard. hard, hard forty eight. It's a hard forty eight because apparently someone was watching and it ended right in the middle. I didn't know that would happen, yeah. but that's apparently a thing. So yeah, if you watch it afterwards, there is a. <laughs> Yeah, got two days. They're not fucking around. We're not (laughs) not fucking around at all. Loop's not getting around. Loop's not like, hey, we made 49. Loop's like, 48, get it out. (laughs) She's watching it right now, Loop. Pull the plug. 
And that's it. We really we said it before that they're not um, they're not something they're going to be around. So yeah, yeah. Um, and that last one was actually very crazy. People really enjoyed that one. It's about Bull Island, uh, the Bull uh, Island Festival. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah, who knew Woodstock was the tame one? Right. Anyway, yeah. All right, gobble gobble. Uh, gobble gobble. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know from this. Uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 